Hello, everybody. I'm Dane Gentry. This is a Standing Back Up podcast. Tonight, I'm here with my special guest, Miss Christy Crafton. We went to school together when we was kids. Uh, probably hadn't seen her since 30 years, probably at least somewhere around there. It's been that long. How you doing, girl? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Been a long time no see. It's been yeah. a long time. It has been. Probably eighth grade or something like that, probably. Hills, when, we're getting old, man. Man, <laughs> don't, don't, uh, don't remind me. Uh, all right, so... Christy, like a bunch of us in this world today, has struggled also. She's had her own struggles, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. I want all you women out there to pay attention. Christy's the first woman I've had on here, and I'm glad that she came on here to do this because there's a lot of women need to hear it too. It's mostly men talking all the time. It's just as bad for the women. So, all right, girl, uh, tell us about how you grew up and what went on. Well, um, so I grew up in a small little community out in, it's called Burwood. Um, I um, had a pretty, I was dealt a pretty rough hand of cards i had a wonderful mom my mom she's an angel she still is today you know um she never drank never smoked don't cuss good god-fearing lady um but i went through some um growing up from the time i was four to the time um i was 10 i was uh sexually abused and uh it was a rough path in my life and and uh i didn't tell until i was 10 um i I guess when you're growing up like that, a lot of people say, like my mom, you know, why didn't you tell me, you know? Um, but as women, we, even as kids, and you wouldn't think it as kids, but like we hold guilt, we hold shame where they believe us, you know what I mean? You know, the grownups are always the ones that tell the truth. That's whether you get in trouble in school or yeah. at the neighbor's house, you know, it don't matter what you say you've done. They're, <clears throat> you learn that, you know, you the grownups are the ones that tell the truth. So, um, ended up telling my mom and, um, we left, we left and, and, uh, went on with our lives, but even going on with our lives, like I didn't start out using, you know, I was addicted to pills, that methadone, that was my DLC when I got older, but growing up, like I held so much in, it was different back in the days when we grew up, it wasn't know this old run to counseling, it wasn't, you know. <laughs> about your feelings it, it wasn't nothing we just didn't do that you nope. got, got past it you shut up you grew up you went on about your life you know the whole thing that you know and i, I i'm guilty of telling my kids that you know don't cry you tough you yeah, tough. Don't yeah. Cry. you know i mean don't not you know and, and crying is a wonderful emotion that that really helps us but like we're all taught growing up not to do that you know, I mean? you know talking about that crying thing i I told Beth one time, I said, I wish I could cry because I didn't do it. When I was real little, I was a crybaby. And I remember him always make fun of me. And I was seven, eight years old. You know what I mean? And I quit doing it. But I'm going to tell you, about three years ago, I was in the shower. And there it came. And I couldn't stop. And this shit went on for days. But it was uh, very cleansing. So, yeah. How, how old was you when you told your mom all that stuff and y'all moved out? I was 10. 10 years old. Okay, go ahead. I was 10. So, you know, um, like I said, you know, we were, we're taught as kids, you know, you're tough. Don't, you know, get up, shake it off. You're, you know, I mean, not by that particular situation, but right. you're taught growing up, you fall down, you know, you get up, you shake it off. You gotta be tough. So, um, my escape was, um, and as you know, I got in a lot of trouble for fighting growing up. Yeah. You was, yeah, you was a fighter. I remember that. Like, um, I would fight at the top of my hat, male, female, and it didn't matter a bit of difference. And what it really was, man, is 
so much anger built up inside of me from all that shit as a child from all the stuff that that happened growing up you know so so much anger it wasn't even the people's fault that you know i thought they do little of nothing some of them you know wouldn't but most of the times it was little of nothing and it, so i was taking out all my emotions and my feelings on people that really didn't do anything to me you know that's how it is yeah and it was different then like now i would have probably been in walked away in juvenile forever but back then you know you fought it out you got it out you know and you went on with your life so for a long long time that's how you know i dealt with it i dealt with all the anger i had inside and and fall you know the yeah was one of my things that that was a lot of my frustration i would take out but still you know i i, I didn't want to talk about it didn't you know didn't talk to nobody about it you know it's just um back then um you know girls especially teenagers and and, and today not let, not let me say back then carry a lot of shame when we're when yeah. we are abused they carry a lot of guilt and shame within their self yeah even though they were kids and uh, you know, or teenagers or whatever they was and didn't deserve it, they still carry that guilt and shame. It's really, it's really sad. Like, how are people going to look at me if I tell them? You know, that's what yeah. you Oh, they're going to look at me like I'm nasty. They're going to look at me like, you know, whatever. So anyway, um, so I done a lot of fighting growing up and then um, my relationships all started having a pattern when I got old enough to have relationships. They were um, like my first relationship. I was 15 and he was 22 and an outlaw. When I say an outlaw, outlaw, yeah. like a bad image guy, you know, yeah. like, and it started becoming a pattern of that. Like, you know, and you was 15 then I was 15, almost 16. When I first started dating my first guy, uh, David Wiley, actually, he's dead and gone. So but, David died. Yeah. David's dead. I didn't even know it. Yeah, okay. not quite a year ago. Um, you know, we won't get in that, but anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, so I was um I was 15, he was 22 and um when I first started dating him and then from then on out, man, it was just spiral. Like the guys that I chose were just like like I said, outlaws. Yeah. I figured like they had them bad boy images. Right. And, and the older guys, like I was looking for that figure, that father figure that was never in my life and that older guy. But at the same time, I was looking for the bad guys to protect me. Right. There wasn't nothing to protect me from, but my inside feeling, my fear, you know what right. I mean? Yeah. What I'd went through, you know, um, but I figured if they were the bad guys, they could fight. They were outlaw, you know, I mean, they had that protection shield over me. You know what I mean? Yeah rough girl myself don't get me wrong like i was pretty rough so it had to be a pretty mean boy to you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but then okay so um i had I, I got two kids um and when my son was um 18 that's when i i, I got hurt and um I got prescribed some pain meds I, now i was a function addict when i first started i was a function I got my nurse's license. You know, I was I was working good. I was, you know, I took care of my kids by myself. I didn't have boys. You know what I'm saying? Um, but you know how that starts, Lord. Because yeah, I remember, I remember back in like 
I'm gonna say 2012. I all accounts, I thought you had your shit together. And I just heard heard about you from time to time. I mean, I never see you anything, but I always from all accounts, just thinking back on it. Yeah. I faked it. I faked it really, really well because I always had a house, I always had a car, I always had a job. I took care of my kids by myself, no child support, you know, all that. Because you know, my oldest, my son, he's the oldest. His dad got murdered when he was only eight. His only his own dad shot and killed him over $25. Who was it? Who was that? Lee Davis. I don't know if you knew him. I know him. I know him. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was from Nashville up on yeah. South. But he um I brought him to Franklin and he was in Franklin with me for a long, you know, a good while. Ruth me for talking to people. But yeah, his own dad shot and killed him over twenty five dollars. Um, I don't know him, but I know that story. I remember that story. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. drug house, lamb laying the hallway, and that's right on his own blood, right over on Cruising Street, um, South Side, right by Harding Place. Um, but anyway, Austin was eight then. But so, I, like I said, I raised both my kids with no help, you know, but I, I, I had it together. People on the outside would have never knew I had a problem. Yeah. And then it progressed. It went from taking lower tabs. And I worked in the medical field. So I could get whatever right. I wanted. You know, how much ever I want. You know, I was, at the end, I was getting enough to kill a horse. You know what I mean? Like, and isn't it like, you know. T taking it like it wasn't nothing. Yes. Methadone, Xanax bars, Roxy's. One like, you didn't die. Xanax and methadone killed a lot of them. I am only alive by the wings of my mother's prayers. That's right. Well, is, your, is your mother still alive? Yes, she is. Okay. okay. So anyway, I, I went through a couple bad relationships, and then I got into this really bad relationship where, um, like, I was wolfed on, like, all the time. Black eyes, I'm talking about guns pulled on me, held on me, wouldn't let me leave when I was wanting to leave, you know, just guns on a coffee table there you get up you know just stuff like that awful awful but in my mind i still somehow and i know this sounds very sick but i still somehow felt like i deserved to be treated that way mm. i don't know but he loves me you know mm -hmm. but he loves me because when you're abused as a child it's usually by somebody that is very close yep to you yep Got a figure, you know, um, a dad, uncle, grandpa, something like that. You know, me, it was my stepdad, uh, my ex stepdad. I have a wonderful stepdad now, but anyway, so you know, I mean, so it's usually, but he loves me, but he loves me, you know, he he just loves me so much that he don't want me to leave, and that's why he's doing this. You know what I mean? We really do as women get that night. Yeah. And so I. Anyway, I left. I finally did leave, and I found out he didn't love me at all. Eight years of just total. But I went out and worked every day. You know, I paid the bills. He was on the run from the police, so he yeah. home. I went out and worked, and I paid all the bills, and that's how we done it. You know what I mean? For eight years, you did that. Eight years. I We're not going to say his name. I know who you're talking about, but yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Got and this guy's not a little guy. No, he's not a little guy. Mm -mm. No, he's not. This mm -mm. Fresh out, looking like Stone Cold Steve Austin type. Yeah, yeah he's a big boy. When you come home, you come home. He's a big boy. Mm -hmm. Yes. So you know, and he put me. I, I'd say he put me through the worst. Um, but I got. Is, is he in the penitentiary now? Is he out? 
No, he's out. Um, okay. I, I think actually, um, I don't know. I don't know if he's, I couldn't say if he's screwing off or not, but I can say that the guy that you know, he weighs about probably 160 pounds. That about right there tells it all. You know what I mean? That that pretty well, because I remember he wasn't a big guy when he went into penitentiary, but he came out a big old boy. Yeah. Okay. All right, so you went through that for eight years and you got out of that, but at this time, you, you're on pills at this time, right? Oh, hell, yeah. I, hell, I guess you had to be on pills to get through the beatings, hell. By the way, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I got out of that. Um, and so I moved on with my life and I'm still, you know, um, I've moved to methadone, you know, okay. from lower tabs to Percocets, you know, this is in period of time, lower tabs to Percocets from Percocets to Roxy's from Roxy's to methadone. Yeah. When I found methadone, I found the love of my life. Okay. See, I found it at 18 too, but go ahead. Yes, honey. I found the love of my life. Okay, so what I thought it took at four hours that I had to take more of, I could take once a day, and it would last me all day long. I know all about it. I'd get to what I'd tell my kids was doing. I'm not sleeping. I'm thinking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Isn't it, that shit sickening as hell? Yes. It's so sickening. My little girl would tell my son, Weaver or won't her thinking. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, mm. See, I think about it now and think about God, Lee, you know, that was awful. You know, I used to get so so messed up on it and wouldn't think nobody would know. And my brother, one time I was sitting there and I was like, you talking about my head all back. And I remember it's like it just, he kicked my chair and I come to and I looked at him and he said, what are you doing? And I just got out of penitentiary. Of course, he's going, you know, Jamie's always had his shit together pretty much. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, it's just like, but I remember the way that felt. But yeah, you'd be so high and you wouldn't think nobody know you is all high. Oh, I, you know, and this is something kind of crazy because I was talking about talking to my son the other day and, you know, any other time I would have been ashamed to admit this, but he said, mom, do you know how many times I watched you sleep to make sure you were breathing? Now, you know what I mean? He's 28 now, but like he was a teenager then. You know what I mean? Like, do you know how many times I've watched you sleep just to make sure he just said that? To me. You know what I mean? I thought, well, I know that broke your heart. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I thought, man, you know what I mean? And thought that nobody never knew. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm. And my teenage son is watching me, you know, just to make feeling on my chest, to make sure I'm breathing. Like about that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Mm -mm. That was awful. We don't we think that we're the only one in the addiction, but we're not. No, we're screwing everybody up too, man. Everybody that loves us and around us is in yep. it. Yep. So my son got to run around. All right, so we're gonna move forward. My son got to run around um, at my deepest part of my uh, addiction. He got to run around out in Kingfield, and at this point, meth was booming in Kingfield. The original meth, the back in the shake and bake stuff. I'm guessing, right? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Um. So anyway, he got to run around out there with a few that he shouldn't have been running with, and um, <clears throat> feeling with some people, and four months. After he turned 18 years old, four months, which, like I said, I at this point am so deep in my addiction that I'm not even seeing the signs. Of right. Turned over here. Yeah. Like my son's running around, you know, doing all this stuff out here, and I'm so screwed up that I'm not paying attention as a mother would. You know what I mean? So um, I go to work one day, normal day, just like any other day. Um, go to work, 
I was working for a doctor um, and uh, I get a phone call and it's my neighbor. And she says, Christine, the police just kicked in your door and they have Austin face first on the concrete. And I was like, what? Like, yeah. what are you talking Like, he had just turned 18. I was like, what are you talking about? He said, she said, yes, they have him outside. And I said, for what? What is going on? Like, you got to find out what's going on. And yeah. she, they run us out of our houses because they said that he was making mad. And I said, what? <clears throat> and yeah. so I'm screaming and I'm crying. So what had happened was he was messing. I won't say names. He was yeah. this girl and she was older and she had gotten some trouble. Okay, she had got caught doing some smoking meth in a parking lot with her her eight month old baby in the back seat. So as a lot of them do, she agreed to work as a CI. I think I know who you're talking about, but go ahead. I think I know. Yeah, yeah. she was. She agreed to work as a CI to get him out of trouble, um, and so that was part of it. She was there with him. She went and picked him up. Actually, he wasn't at home when I left. Hadn't been home for a few days. She went and picked him up and brought him back to my house because they knew yeah. I was work. And uh, she had a key word. And with that key word, she said, they kicked in the door. You know what I mean? And there he was, uh, four months over 18. And so when uh, she called me, like I called my mom screaming, told her to go get my daughter from school. My daughter wasn't not quite eight years old yet. So I was like, what am I going to do? You know, what am I going to do? Like, what am I doing? He's 18 years old. He's a baby. You know, that's, he's a baby. And I had so much guilt because of, I didn't see the signs. You know what I mean? Like, what, what do you mean he's doing it? Like, why did I miss that? So I went down and told him, I don't know what you found or what it was, but it was all mine. It's mine. It's my yeah. house. Look at mama go. Ooh yes. It's my house. It's my, you know, it's my everything. He didn't have nothing to do with it. Right. Well, since they kicked in the door and caught him in the action and what he was doing, I couldn't take those charges. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So, but anything that was text from the phone that was in, because mm -hmm. he just turned 18. And yeah. anything that was done from that house or on that house was mine. I took Right. Mm-hmm. So um, I went in jail on a $510,000 bond. Um, they had me with uh, like uh, two class A's, four class B's, two class D's, and like eight misdemeanors is what they Damn. had. Yeah. A normal day. Went to work. You know, and I had never. Now, back in I, one time in my life, I tried crank. I don't remember if you remember when crank come through. I do, but I was in the penitentiary. So I missed all that. Okay, so when Craig come through one time with a good friend of mine, I, I did try that. Um, it, it just wasn't my thing. Now, I liked Adderall. I took Adderall. So I'm glad I never went. But, like, I I just, I, I'd never done math. Well, they done. Um, okay, so DCS gets involved at this point in time, you know, because I got Emma. You know what I mean? Yeah. Thing. So they drug test me. Well, I fell for this pill, that pill, this pill, that pill. And, but I didn't fail for math. Right. I mean, no math. So, <laughs> and they went and had Emma test it to make sure that she wasn't somehow um, 
accessible to it and she was clean you know nothing on her skin nothing that she was clean so the detectives come in there and told me they was like uh, or the the drug task force you know how they do yeah so, um so tell me you know do you do this math do you da 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 you know and uh you know <laughs> and this that, another and i was like well first of all let me ask you why why you're asking that right answer and he said because you know your drug test to come back you, you know you didn't have meth in your system i said so let me ask your second question why is it in your business <laughs> yeah. yeah so our conversation didn't last long so he sent me on to the back right so, all right so all that happened i got a 10 ended up with a 10-year sentence to austin, serve to serve austin got an eight i, I got out on bond started screwing off again uh, you know you have to wait so long until you get a bond reduction all yeah. happens so i ended up getting out on bond went right back down down to the methadone clinic you know what i mean what it, county got you was it williamson county okay yeah the work <laughs> without a but, doubt yeah without a doubt mm. i was living over in franklin and you know living over in franklin so um anyway uh so I went, uh, all right, so I got out and still was screwing up, still doing methadone, this, that, and another. So now let me catch, let me, let me, let me explain this. Thing. Okay, so I lost my job. Mm -hmm. I lost my connections with any doctors, right? So I started going to the methadone clinic. Well, I had a friend, thought he was a friend. Um, Don Jr. called me one day. Oh, God. He was, uh, oh, he was so sick. He needs some pills. Please find me some pills. I'm on bond. Please find me some pills. If you find me some, I'll buy you some. That's all it took. Well, mm -hmm. I said, uh, all right, uh, you know, I'll see what I can do. So I, I felt funny about it. Like, I was like, yeah, I shouldn't do this. shouldn't do this. So I done it. Two months later, I got a sealed indictment. While I was on bond, mm. oh Lord, yeah, that's so that stack. Stack it. They gonna stack it. Yeah, they give you stacks. Mm -hmm. So they put me back in jail. This time I didn't get out. You know what I mean? They pulled the bond I was on. I didn't get back out. Mm -mm. So I sat in there waiting on the trial, and I couldn't. I wouldn't plead out to anything on Austin's case until he took what he was gonna take. Right. If I played out on mine, it automatically made him guilty. Right. So I sit in there just drawing eight behavior days for like hey, 11 months or better at the second time I went back. So anyway, I ended up getting a 10-year sentence, a six and a four consecutive, which means then, now they run them a straight sentence, but then you done your one and then you started your next. Yeah. You done your like so I had to do a four, mm -hmm. then do thirty percent of a six before I could make bond. I mean before I could make bro. Bro, bro, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um I stayed in there. Um and I went through this program while I was in prison, a TCOM program. It's therapeutic community, probably one of the best programs I ever went through in my life. Um, and it it, it teaches us, you know um our worth it, it's, it's such a good program if, if people can find it out here if there was a, a t-com program out here on the streets that people could go to especially women yeah. man 
you don't know how many lives that would change because it it learns you about your guilt and your shame. And I went to this counseling place called SAC, sexually mm-hmm. abused children. And that was the best thing that ever happened to me. So I was 38 when I okay. got 38 years old. All my life, I'd never talked about anything ever happened to me, never talked about my life growing up, never talked about nothing. All right, when I went to that SAC program, that was the first time I in was all them years that it was okay to tell on your disease, to tell on your abuser. You know, that it was okay to tell on it all. And until yeah. you told on it, you wasn't gonna get past it. See, we had we had TCOM or TCOM two and or whatever it's called, but we couldn't get in it. You know, the men are so many more men. We couldn't get in it unless parole mandated it. Uh, and for a long time, it was only in CCA prisons. And then it came to the state. But even if you did get in it for the men, it was some bullshit. It just wasn't. They were just in there trying to get out of jail. Then. There you go. That's all it was. Yeah. Oh, that's all that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still using. We had a couple girls in there that got kicked out because, you know, they were still, they were still. And they try to they try to keep you away from the rest of the prisoners, but mm-hmm. you're passing all the time. Somebody going out for Medline, whatever, you can get it back in. They try real hard, but there was a few girls. There's few faked it till they made it to the end. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know how they done it, but you know, uh, a lot of them got caught when they yeah. off. But it's just like the men's prison. Actually, let me tell you, I think the women's prison is probably rowdier than the men's prison. Some I'm, of them are a hot mess some of them i had a female guard that come to work at the men's prison and here was pretty cool and she was telling me about she said shit i'd rather work with y'all any days <laughs> than them mean ass women yeah that's i've seen i've heard a lot of guards say that because yeah. hey they are fighting and carrying on but you know just the story is is like you know you can't if you've ever been through anything like that if you've been raped sexually abused any of that like tell them tell the story you've got to get it out like don't be ashamed it is not your fault no is no and that's whether you know you're a kid or you're 45 and you say no no is no please everybody's listening right now and everybody's going to listen because this is going to go out on all the podcast platforms listen to what this woman's saying because you're keeping yourself sick by not doing it it never had it never happened to me um i had some older women when i was a kid but, you know, men, and we always think that's cool. You know, it, it's really? not. It's not, man. It's not. Because I was a kid. I was 13 or 12 the first time it started. And 13, I don't know, 16. But um, it's really not what you look at it for so long as being cool. You know what I mean? And uh, I had to talk about that shit, too. I had to talk about it. That's all part of my getting better, too. Yeah. Because, I mean, uh, it affected. It affects men it's just like it does women. You, like you said, they don't think so because they think it's cool. Even girls that do that, like 14, 15 years old. Like, the 24-year-old I was with. I was 15 years old. That yeah. man, he should have never, ever, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, I was more than, you know, willing to be in that relationship or whatever, but, like, I was still a kid. You was still a kid. Mm-hmm. Said, oh, no, that's a kid. Yeah. And a lot of girls get in that situation or when an older guy, you know, and they hear well she was willing you know what i mean like she was willing she laid down well that's because she's still got a kid mind yep you know what i mean and it can be persuaded just like the men when the older women hit on them when they're you know 12 13 14 years old 
like, yeah, in their mind, oh, this is some older person want me, you know, yeah. some older person that, you know, wants my attention that likes, yeah. you know, they don't, they no. don't see the women, the men and it, don't like you. <laughs> it, it, and it happens, it happens to young boys with women a lot more than what people think. At least it did in my life. And it didn't, your, well, I ain't going to say it. Somebody else's yeah. life we know too. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, you know, yeah. I'm not scared to tell it. My brother, yeah. everybody knows when my brother was in middle school, he had a, he had a, a, a whole kid by authority figure, you know? Yes, he did. Hey, look here. One time, <laughs> so. one time me and me and him and Doug Merle was supposed to be in, uh, <laughs> basketball practice and we didn't we went to y'all's house and y'all lived right there on uh duplex something on the hill i can't I'll, I'll road. that's right and uh we were sitting in there and we was getting high smoking and here she come walking in and I was, but i knew we all knew what was going on that was so, a secret mm -hmm. yeah, and and had, philip mm. could get away with whatever i mean he rides to school and everything you know a lot of people don't never talk because we didn't we minded our own business back then that's right you know what i mean what nobody talked about it, but like everybody knew, and I, my brother probably don't think everybody knew, but everybody knew. Everybody knew, yeah. He wasn't the only one that she's messing with either. Yeah, but, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, that's he wasn't. The, he wasn't the only one. You know what I mean? Uh, and she was a married woman, and uh, all that stuff. But anyway, go ahead. We'll get back to what you got going on. But yeah, it was it was bad, man. You know, I look back on it, and there was other teachers that was there too, doing the same thing. One of them was a very, very pretty woman. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, nobody would have known that she'd done that. But Saturday school, anyway, that's a subject for another day. But, yeah, yeah, she wasn't the only one. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Like I said, back then, we called it minding our business. That's right. You know, because that's what we were taught. Yeah. You don't repeat what you say. You know what I mean? You don't repeat what you hear. You know what I mean? That's what we were taught when we were growing up. And nowadays, it's cool to tell her. And, you know, but on the other hand, when it comes to that shit, kids need to tell. You know what I mean? Kids need to tell nowadays. And and for whatever reason, they'll tell on each other for, for something else, but they won't tell on for that shit. They won't tell on the adult. But I guess, again, it's out of the fear, or like you said, it makes you feel dirtier, whatever people are going to think. Oh, guilt. Like, you know, I, I know so many girls that won't, won't even talk about it, won't say. I, and you know what? They say eight out of ten girls. I think it's higher than that. I think it's probably not. Yeah, nine to ten out of ten. Because I know several girls that's, you know, you would have never thought grew up in a good, decent, you know, whatever. And and it's you, you know, and they like, yep, that happened to me when I was little. And it made, you know, what I mean, you're like, what? And they're, but they won't say it until you say until you start. Talking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's. Yeah. I, I hope this can, you know, help out some other girls. I hope that's the plan. That's what the plan is. And it will, you know, I get messages all the time from people that just on the stuff I'm doing, tell me, Hey, you're helping a lot more people than what you think. And we might not ever hear nobody. Nobody might not ever tell us that's happening, but it's going to, cause they're going to hear it. And as far as, you know, um, the whole thing about going to prison, you know, um, or going in when Austin got those charges is like my addiction didn't get me in trouble. You know what I'm saying? Something else got me in trouble, but it saved my life. It's amazing, yeah. If that would have never happened, I would probably be dead. Because yeah. I was in a place where 
I was going to the doctor, getting everything I needed, you know, knew these real close doctors and all I had to do, it was a phone call away. So like, I wouldn't do it. I didn't have to do any dirt. Yeah. To get them because I got for years, 15 years, you know, I got everything, I, you know, whatever I needed, won't it? You know what I mean? So I didn't have to do any dirt. So I, I look at like God came in and said, okay, so if, if we're not, if she can't be caught this way, then we're going to do it this way. Like he saved my life through my son. And that's how God works. See, a lot of times it ain't directly, it's indirectly, but he's still yep. working. Yep. You it, know what I mean? And I, me and somebody had a conversation this other night, and I don't think I've even published that one yet. And we was talking about that. I said, you know, I think it's harder for a young person and for a woman to get sober. Harder. Because women have more readily accessibility to things, as we know. Because mm -hmm. uh, doctors or, or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's a sad thing, man. It, it really is. And I never had to do this, but I've got so many friends, the way you said that, it is harder for a woman because, you know, men, not all men, but a lot of men are, a lot of men are dogs. And like, if a woman is going through withdrawals, this man, I, I've got so many friends that done this, you know, or met, they're not friends, people I've met, you know, acquaintances that I know that's done this and like slept with a dope man for dope. You know what I mean? They, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's so, that easy for a woman, but think about what she's got to hold. She just sold her body to the devil. You know what I mean? Yeah. Thank God. I never had to do that. But like, if it would have kept going, who knows? You can't say what you, you didn't. Hey, do. Uh, hold on. I want some, somebody sent a message on here. I want to tell them. They said, hello, Dane and Beth. This is Christy crafting everybody. This is not Beth with me tonight. Somebody's oh. going to have your name up there. But I can't answer them for some reason. But uh, um, there we go. All right, go ahead. Uh, but anyway, you know, so many women have, you know, sell, you know, an addiction sells their souls. You know, that's what I call it. You know, I didn't. But I when I talk about it, I say I did not yet. Because if I would have kept going... Then I, I probably, I, I probably might have been in a place down the road that I would. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, without a doubt, you would have, you would have done what everybody else does. Mine started with, I had an accident. You probably don't know about that. That's where I met y'all. I had an accident when I was eleven. I got hit by a truck walking home from school, and I kept having heavy surgeries. When I was fifteen, I had a surgery, and the doctor started giving me pills, anything I wanted to, just because my mama had really good insurance. And mm -hmm. so this doctor. Like if I called him or my mama called him and, and needed some pills and he say he forgot and drugstore was closed, he would bring samples and meet me and bring them to me and give them to me. Wow. Yeah. He's still in practice today. He's still in. He's not even a doctor. He's a PAC. And he's still, I looked him up the other day just to see if he was still in practice. And he is still in Brentwood running a pain clinic and a, and a, uh, Family clinic all in one one I office. Probably know who you're talking about, honey, because what none of them pain clinics I didn't go to. I'll tell you who it is. It don't matter. Overfelt was his name. Doctor Overfelt was his name. Officer Doctor Son. I think so. Now, back in the day, he was in there with uh, what was the dude over the jail? Uh, Moss, Doctor Moss. Yeah, yeah. Doctor Moss. God let go get whatever they wanted from Doctor Moss. Jay bless his heart. I yep. think he don't practice anymore. I don't know if he. I don't think he's dead, but. He lost, he lost his, his license. Didn't he lose his license? He lost his license. He lost mm -hmm. his hearing. He lost his license. And I forget what he was doing that lost his license, but he did. He lost his license. But he was how long, how long have you been out of penitentiary now? When when was that? When did you get out? I got out July of 2019. 
I ain't done um, heels since um, September the 19th of 2015. That's when they put me back in jail without a bond. Um, and I got out 2019 and I was still on parole. Uh, so now let me tell you what they done to me when I got out of prison. Let me tell you if you ever heard this. Okay, so I got my last Thomas sheet uh, right before I got out. It was about to hit the three-month mark in July because, you know, you get some sheets every three months. So it had said um, it, it, the date was uh, 9 of 2022, okay? Yeah. So you get 60 days for completing a program knocked off of it. And then I would have got my behavioral credits, which have been three months, which have been 45 more days. So that would have been another um, three and a half months knocked off. It would have come back. Yeah. So I get out and I go meet my pro officer and this, that, and another. And um, just out of curiosity, a couple months down the road, I look up my end date on Tennessee full, you know, felony. Yeah. Yeah. It went up to October of 2023. Instead of going backwards. Yes. Mm -hmm. I wrote them, Dane, and, and like, now, I mind you, I've done all that time, six years locked up, okay? I got all the behavioral days. I got all the pre-trial days, the two-for-ones from the county. You know what I mean? My good days from the state. And I, it, it was uh, April uh, 9th of 2014 when it happened. I, from that time to 2019, I was on the street six months. Yeah. Okay? The rest of that time, I was locked up. So my date was right in 2022. Well, do you know they made me walk that whole 10 out minus six months? Without a doubt, I do. Yeah, they made me do the same thing. Hang out with that. And Look, I was like, where I, are my days? Listen, I've done 11 years and 10 months on a 12-year sentence at 30%. God, dog. Every day of it. Every day of it. In the penitentiary. They right on the, come up or say that, you know. They messed it up, but I messed up too. I got an escape charge when I was in there, and they put me on max. So uh, I wasn't getting no good time. And then I'd get I'd get some good time, and I got an assault charge. It took it away from me. Then I got another assault charge. It took it away from me. So, yeah, I did all that time because I was an idiot, really. But uh, but they had it messed up at first. It, they had me doing 10 more years than what I was doing. And Teresa Gray, I don't know if you remember her or not, from the county jail. Right. Bless her heart. Bless her heart. She's the one that got it fixed, man. I went from having 10 years left to six months overnight. And I was a happy, I was a happy cat. But yeah. That's awesome, man. Uh, yeah, I like Teresa. She was over at jail out there for a long, long time. I didn't yeah. um time. Yeah, she was a good girl. But anyway, yeah, so I got out and um I got a company that gave me a good little, you know, gave me a chance at a job. And I went from, you know, just nothing up the totem pole to supervisor now. So make good money. Uh, got a house, you know, new car, do it all by myself. Love it. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it was a long, hard road. And, you know, I'm able to talk about stuff now. And, you know, I'm able to process stuff, play the tape all the way through. As they there say. you go. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we can't live in the past and we do that you know especially when we first start when we first get sober mm. everything that we've done all of a sudden hits us in the face because we got to feel shit now you get me because yeah. we ain't feeling nothing when we're out there high life's still happening the same way yeah. it's just we don't feel shit and so uh, <laughs> mental health man mental health is huge in recovery also for yeah. people um 
you know, I went through it. I was telling you that the day I, I was, I was fine. I was doing great working my business. You know, I woke up one morning and I was a different man than what I was. I went to bed at night, mm. run my old lady off. I mean, I go on and on just was tripping. And from all accounts, you would have thought I was getting high. I lost weight, wouldn't eat, sit in a parking lot all day, but it's mental health. And I went, and right. just, yeah, right. mm-hmm. yep. it did. It took over me, man. But, uh, I took medicine for about six months, I guess, something like that. I went through therapy. That's where I really healed at. And that's what I talk about, you know, working a program and, and all that stuff. And, um, man, you know, it'll hit you. That should have hit you. Oh, no, it always has been. I've been beat with the Bible ever since I was born. You know what I mean? My mama's always been, my whole family's always been in church and good religious people, you know. And so that's where I found my best sobriety on my knees. Rhonda Barber said to tell you, proud of you, girl. Uh, I can't answer y'all. For whatever reason, this thing won't let me answer nobody. I see everybody's comments on here. Donna Veach, I don't know if you know Donna or not. That was somebody I grew up. She was, my aunt was uh, with her daddy when she got killed. And uh, you remember Travis Veach? You know Travis? Yeah, I know Travis. Yeah. Oh, that's his sister. That's his sister on here. She's saying, stay strong. Uh, yeah. Thank yeah. you. I yeah. can't answer y'all. Sorry, but I can see your messages, though. It definitely ain't easy. It's a struggle. And, uh, you know, I can't, if I sit here, Dane, even, you know, all that time, you know, okay, so when you get locked up and you get sober behind the, behind the walls, when you come out, man, it's like, oof, every, you know what I'm saying? Because in there, you feel things you feel like, you know, you miss your family, you do this. But when you hit the streets, baby, that's when, you know, the, the tires are on the pavement. Like, Without you know, a doubt. And, you know, I can't say there's times where I've been like, man, I just want to just stay the hell with all of it. You know what I mean? Times get tough. Yeah. Times hard, you know what I mean? And, and you know, stressed out about this or that or this. And many times I've said, you know, damn, you know, but I, you got to play that tape all the way through. And I think about, you know, Emma is my number one motivation. All my kids are my grandkids, and I got custody of my eight-year-old grandson. Okay. So my kids are my motivation. Is like I can't leave them again, and I no. know happen because I'm balls to the wall. You know what I mean? Uh, as far you know, I talked about fighting a lot when I grew up. I don't. I, I I've always been high tempered, and I still am. But I play. I've got it so much under control. I, I'm better at it. Like I remember. I remember. I remember when we was kids. I remember how you was. Hey, hey, Donna. Uh, y'all have you on here sometime. We'll we'll talk about it. Go ahead. Uh, I remember you. Didn't you play basketball? Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that's been a long time ago, but I remember. But I fought every time we turned around. Yeah, I remember that. Man, I remember getting into it. Miss Bower was just talking not long ago about me and old dude getting into it in her science class. It was awful. But anyway, she's still she's still alive. I was wondering about her. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see her. Yeah, she is. That I loved her. She was probably one of my favorite. Her and Mr. Clemens. You remember Mr. Clemens? Mr. Clemens. Yep, history teacher. Yeah, he was a history teacher, and he also done um shop class. Shop class. Yeah, yeah, I remember. He was a cool, old dude. Johnson's still alive. Who? That's who I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of Mr. Johnson. Mr. Yes. Clemens. Oh, Mr. Johnson. I think he's still alive. Mr. Clemens is blackheaded. I remember who Mr. Clemens was yep. on shop club. Ran yeah. like cafeteria over in the shop area. Yep, I remember. Football. When they yep. football, yeah. Back when Chad Davis died, he yep. got killed. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, think about it, Dave. We went through some shit when we were kids. Yeah, we, man. We weren't really bad kids, man. 
You know what I mean? When we were teenagers and stuff. But, like, we lived in a time where they let us be kids. Like I said, if we got in fights, we got in fights. You know what I mean? It wouldn't, oh, my God, he's bullying me. She's bullying her, so I want to blow up school. You know what I mean? Like, and I guess that just goes back to the mental health, too. You know what I'm saying? But, like, I just, I think, the man, it was so much, seemed to, much, seemed to me so much simpler back then. It was. It was simpler back then. You know, I, I lived in Franklin in the city first. But when I moved out to Kingfield, that was some of the greatest years of my life. Yeah. I lived out there on Boy Scout Road, and I loved it. I think about it all the time. But that's also where my life took a hard knock. Wasn't, I really didn't really start messing up until I moved and started going to Page. And I hated it. I couldn't stand it. I was 16 or 15, and I got a girl pregnant not long after I moved. And it just caused so much shit, and I got sent off. and all. But, yeah, life was simple back in them days. You know, kids nowadays, man. You know, the internet, we was talking about that. The internet's good and it's bad. Just imagine if we would have had all that shit when we was kids. You know what I mean? It was, Why we didn't. Me too. I'm glad we didn't either. I'm glad. Um, so you got sober in the penitentiary and you ain't never went back. You know how rare that is? That you only went in there one time and all that? That's rare. Most people go back. But it's because of dope. That's why we go back. That's why I went back. I got charges one more time, but I had no new charges. I went in and mm -hmm. I come on and caught them other charges yeah but so yeah yeah it's um me I, the last charges i got was 2012 but i kept having the same thing i did i did all of that sentence too pretty much um almost all but i would i'd get out for a little bit i'd stay out for the longest i was out was about 18 months i think and then i finally finished it all uh, 2020 was the end of it but yeah, it was a long ride, man, but it was because of dope. And if I would have submitted to God like he wanted me to a long time ago, things would have been different. I was going to visit one time, and the word surrender come to me in my mind. And I was pretty spiritual at this time. I couldn't ever figure out what he was wanting me to do. And Beth would just look at me like I was stupid because I'm not a dumb man. You know what I mean? And she's like, yeah. why can't you understand You know what he's, what he's telling you to do? And I finally did it, and life's different. And this whole podcast thing, a year ago, two years ago, there's no way in hell I would have done this. I was too shy, you know, all these different things. But I felt that that's what God wanted me to do. He wants it is, man. And it's going to help a lot of people. And that's what it's all about. You know, these sober living homes. One life, man. That's all that matters. And I think I already have. I think there's, I get messages all the time, you know. And, and we need, I know people that we grew up with and went to school with who are still struggling. And I know, you know, I don't see them. I don't talk to them, but I know. I mean, it's not hard to tell the signs. And that's what I'm hoping a lot of people will see, too. You know, I'm not going to hang out with people just because I'm not. But I want y'all to know I love you and I want y'all to get sober. You know what I mean? That That's it. Yes. I don't really hang out with anybody. I work from home. You know what I mean? I have my, my grandson. So I moved away from my old, you know, playground and I just... You know, I know what I got to do to make it. You know what I mean? I know I know what I got to do to make it out here. That's yeah. right. What's the best advice you can give to a woman who's struggling with an addiction? Man, first of all, you got to figure out and admit to yourself you got the problem. I think that's a lot of, because like that was a lot of my deal when I was addicted. Like I was addicted to pain pills. I didn't have a problem. The doctor gave them to me. Right. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I'm doing what the doctor said. I ain't got a problem, but take them away from me. See what happens. Oh, yeah. I already know. You're going to do whatever you got to do to get them. I know. You got to really, you got, you got to really figure, you know, you got, you got to admit that you've got the problem. That's the first step. But then, you know, you got to dig. You got to find out what the core issue is. Because behind every attic, there's a core issue. Without a doubt. Behind every attic, of course, you, whether, you know, it's, it's abuse, it's, you know, nine times out of 10, it's abuse. You know what I mean? Like, literally, physically, emotionally, mentally, sexually, I mean, nine times out of 10, it's something like that. Or tragics, a tragedy. Mm-hmm. So like, um, like my son, like he, you know, his daddy got murdered by his granddaddy, you know what I'm saying? And like, just craziness. And, and so... But you gotta, you gotta tell on it. You gotta tell on your disease, and you gotta tell on your, you know, you gotta talk about your core issues. You gotta dig deep. And how's your son? How's your son doing? He's wild as hell. I know him now. I know who he is now. I know him. I know him now. I I, know who he is. Is is David his daddy? No, Lee. Well, I might not. I might not know him then. No, he's by David. Thank God. Lee Austin's daddy got killed. That's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you might know Emma's daddy, Raymond McNeil. Oh yeah, I know Duke. Dookie. That's right. I remember y'all being together. That's right. I remember that now. Now that was a wild ride. Yeah. How's he doing? He's in prison. Is he? I seem like I knew that. I talked to him. It's been a few, it's been a few years ago. Uh, yeah. Only time I was ever around him was in jail. To be honest, but <laughs> He'd probably come through while he was there. I'm sure. Without a doubt. We were yeah. married. Uh, well, let's see. We were married for thir- almost 13 years. I believe him, me, him, and Philip was all in jail together, I think, at one time, I believe. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember that now. I remember him talking to you on the phone. One of them, or one of them I remember. I remember, yeah. Hey, I was coming to visit, pregnant with him, probably. Uh, yeah. he, let's see, did Philip go when he was pregnant with him? Seems like, he, yep, he did. It was uh, 2006. No, it was this was in like 2012. Okay. 11, 11, end of 11, beginning of 12, somewhere around there. Philip wasn't in there long, I don't think. Or maybe he was, he got moved or something. I don't remember, but I remember him being in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think about the NA and AA program and stuff like that? If you ain't got God, ain't nothing going to work. There you go. That's the key word. And that's what people need to understand. You know, that's the only, that's one thing that I don't like about the program is when they say, your higher power or whatever. Wait, the higher yeah, come on, man. You know what I mean? That can be a doorknob. You better get on them knees. You That's better get on them knees. Listen, I, I tried everything. I tried methadone. I tried suboxone. I tried abstinence. I tried listening to the old lady. I tried everything but God. But when I finally hit them knees and cried out and said, here I am, take this from me. The obsession for me is gone. I don't have it. Thank God. I haven't had it in a long time. Wonderful. I try to make sure every day I do the same things that I do that I've been doing for, for years now. I do the same thing every morning. I get up and do the same things. I'll never stop doing that. Um, I, li- I like the program. I like the camaraderie of it and the people in it. But that's the one thing I don't like is that they talk about this higher power. because And even in there, you can see it whenever you'll say something about God or somebody will say something about God and they'll say, I hope I don't offend anybody. Man, I hope I do offend you if you don't like God. You know what I mean? That's just how it is. That's I how it is. Hey, when you want to know about it. That's right. That's right. Um, well, 
I think without that, you, you, you ain't gonna, I mean, you gotta have God. God is, you got to, I was in prison. Uh, I was in prison and I was pretty, uh, I was going up for pro the first time. And, uh, I was so upset. I'll never forget it. And I'd been, I didn't read the Bible from front to back and da, 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 da. And, um, so I was sitting in my cell one day and I was praying and all of a sudden, just as clear as you and me talking, I heard something say, be still. That's right. And I said, I told my uh, Sally, I said, I'm not making parole this time. She's like, what? Like, mm -hmm. don't talk that. Yes, you are. I said, no, I'm not. I said, I'm making it on God's time. He just told me to be still. And she's like, you're crazy. Well, I went up. I didn't make it. They told me to, when I complete the program to come back. Yeah. And I would make it. And I wasn't even upset because I heard him just playing his day. And I knew. You knew. Time and not my time. And so that's when you, that's when you created, that's what I mean, completed the program, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's what saved your life. So God, see, that's the thing. People say, well, I'm praying all the time. God's not answering my prayers. He's probably saving your life. I and mean, we don't even realize that. Yep. What we want, what we want, you know, our mind can't even fathom how God thinks. You know what I mean? And so we think we got all the answers. At least I always thought I did. I thought I was the smartest SOB in the world, you know. Yep. In the day, I was a dumbass because I wasn't good at making decisions because I didn't let God do it. But isn't that funny how that happens? But he gave you that peace beforehand. Yeah, he did because I, I think he thought, man, you know, I don't know. Maybe I would have screwed up if. I hadn't, you know, he hadn't told me that. Maybe, you know what I mean? I would have probably been really upset if I'd went in there and just not made, you know what I mean? But it, I knew, I knew in that moment. And it, it was, I was just as calm about it, but I knew in that moment I wasn't going to make it. Yeah, and that's him. He he provided you that comfort for you in there. Because, you know, when we're in there, people may not, if you ain't never been in there, it, it goes like this. You go in there and you look years away until it's, you can go up for a pro, you know what I mean? And so, you count that shit down, and as you get closer, it's all you think about. Yeah, I am going. Am I going to make it? Is this going to happen? Same thing with the court date when you're in jail, and you're going. They're going to do this, and they're going to do that. Man, I hated that shit, and it was just like. But for me, every time I'd go back, I'd have a violation for a violation of pro, so I knew I was just going back. It, but still, you know that it's Un um unknown. Man, it, it's it's a it's a torture, and for somebody to go and do it time and time again. There has to be something. That's what really clicked in my mind. Man, I got something else going on here. It ain't just the drugs. Yep. You know, I didn't know what it was. Mine was really shame and guilt, really, is what had me. Um, and that's what finally smacked me in the face because, yep. you know, I've done a lot of shit, man. You know, and I did. And Women, and they don't realize it, man. I just, you know, you got to just don't give up. Just keep trying, keep trying. It ain't about the falling. Like a lot of people will get clean and then they'll, they'll have a setback and they just say, screw it. Cause they had a setback. Don't give up. Go back, go back. That's right. No, it ain't about, right. about the fall. It's about how you get back up. Yep. That's right. Up and keep moving, give it back to God and, and, and keep going and keep going until you finally get it right. I don't care if you fall 10 times. Don't give up. Lord knows I did. I fell a bunch. You know what I mean? And I finally got it right. But you know, dope ain't never been no good, girl. But it really ain't no good now. It ain't. I mean, right now. I mean and people, it's, it's killing people in everything. You can go buy some weed. And if you ain't no opiate addict, you, if fentanyl hits your body at all, you're going to be dead. Because yep. them some bitches that you think is your friend sitting there with you, they're going to leave you dead and throw you out of the car on the side yeah. of the road. Yeah. yeah. 
because yeah. they're not your friends, man. And addiction, you can't make friends in addiction and it's going to last a lifetime. Uh-huh. <laughs> or relationships, you know, or, or you know, I, I used to, I've been to a lot of treatment centers and I'd see these dudes and these girls get together in treatment centers. I'm thinking, hey, what, the, Thank you. what the hell you got to offer each other? You know, because both of you are going to do this exactly. Addiction. You know, that's it. That's well, listen, addiction. <laughs> I want to thank you. We've been going almost an hour. Thank you for coming on here. Uh, I sure, you know, had a good time, man. It's good to talk about it every once in a while. It is. It's good to see you. And I'm glad to know that you're doing good. Yeah, I, I mean, it's. Keep it up. Oh, I'm. You ain't gonna worry about that. I'm going. I'm going to the top. I ain't gonna stop. If you, uh, anybody out there needs to talk. Anybody out there, you know, has any questions? If I can help anybody in any way, just hit me up in my messenger. Yeah, you know, we're all on messenger. Me too. You know, uh, Candy Blackwell said she's proud of us. Uh, some I don't know if you know Candy. It's a friend of mine on Facebook. I'm not sure I know her, but I respond to her messages or her right. post she puts on there. Um, thank you again. Thank everybody that's come on here and left some messages. Sorry, y'all. I can't answer them on there. I don't know. I got to fix something on here. It won't let me do it. Something about I ain't got something right, but I'll figure I'm not a technical guy, but I'll figure this shit out. Right. Uh, thank you, Christian. You got my stuff. You need anything? I'll get you on again. And uh, oh, Candy Glenn. Okay. That's who that is. Okay. Just let uh, me know. Just let me know ahead of time. And I'll be willing. I will. And we, uh, I'm going to tell you, we, we got, uh, we're opening up another house tomorrow but we're gonna have beds in it ready for tuesday for men but we're trying to get some for women too but you need to do that you need to do you'd be good at it and i've been thinking real serious about it you know you need to do it you need to step out on that limb and do it girl so listen i mean it's not about the money it's not about that it's about helping people and you'll fill the beds there's so many women out there and the number of it used to be more men man it's running across it's running a close race now between them both and so they need it just as bad and there's more homes for for men and it is women i'll have to get with you on that on how you know what what are the you know the steps you got to take as far as like um it's really pretty simple it depends on if you want to involve the pro and probation that gets a little bit different just yeah because it's the state but you don't have to do that unless you want to me personally i'm not doing that we're not, we're not doing on a day are you planning on doing it in the end yes eventually we are but we want to get it up and going first real good first you know what i mean and then we're going to do that uh we got one house but uh no sooner than moved in the pipes were busted in it and they didn't tell us this and then they acted as if they wasn't going to pay for it so we hurry up and got another one that we're getting tomorrow we're moving in it tomorrow i'm going to move in there it's a nice one too it's a real nice one so i'm gonna be the house manager there gonna live there i'm gonna live there yeah myself and do it uh it's good for me too you know what i mean and uh right uh and so it's real nice it's close to downtown nashville it's a town home and stuff so it's a real nice one for people because most it, of you, i'll talk to you about it later about yeah we will oh all right like what i need to do because i really am thinking about it seriously well, if you can get a place it's pretty easy really to do it it's not hard at all you don't really all you gotta do is you don't gotta be, have paperwork you don't got to go up and sign up for nothing or nothing nope you just got to make sure you got your fire alarms and stuff like that right and whoever, whoever that you get it from i guess it's got to agree that you got you know that's okay. yeah to get accredited is just only thing you need to get accredited is let the fire department come in and check your fires uh smoke detectors and your extinguishers and all that stuff like that that's it that's all you got to do i do want to get back on once uh when we get time because i want to talk to you about um uh trading a drug for a drug all right we do it we'll do it again I do that i want to do that conversation and I'm just, gonna, 
I'm gonna start doing them. I'm gonna start doing them every night. I used to do them every night on audio. I'm gonna start doing them on video too. Uh, at least, well, I ain't gonna say every night, three or four times a week anyway. All until right. I, until I get so busy, I can't do it. But uh, that's what we'll do. Thank you, girl. And thank everybody. About that, because there's a lot of that goes on and people think they're sober. That's right. And you're right about that. All right, girl. We'll see you. Thank you again. Good to see you. See you.